Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the. Deck. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Waterballing Podcast. My name's Andy Waters and I'm joined as ever by Gary Clark. Gary, how are we doing? Doing well, mate. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I had a bit of an accident at work yesterday. Spit my head open, but apart from that, I'm all right. <laughs> On a bus stop. <laughs> um, and we're, we're here again in the second week in a row. We're celebrating a playoff win. Last week, we talked about Sunderland uh, rather uh, rather glamorously. And this week, we're joined by the Ill and the Veil podcast host, Johnny Hancock, to celebrate Port Vale getting promoted. How are we doing, Johnny? Oh, I'm still on cloud, cloud nine, mate. It's it's been a it's been a brilliant few days. Have you seen the um, the stat which has gone around about all of the cup finals at Wembley this season um, have been won by the team whose fans were based to the west side of the yeah. ground? So yeah. yeah. So and and each and every one except one they've kept clean sheets as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it was. Um, oh, Christ, you've. That, that's left us that. I can't remember who the, the team was. <laughs> but I think it was, was it Charity Shield? Honestly. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. We'll say it's Man City, we'll have a guess. <laughs> um, but I mean, to be fair, mate, when we had you on at the start of the season and we did a you know a prediction show and everything like that, you, you said, well, if Phil made the playoffs, you'd be happy. Well, they made the playoffs, they've, they've, they've got up. So, I mean, you must be, as you said, on cloud nine, mate. Yeah, to, to be fair, I think if you had have spoke to me two months ago, 
we were sat third needing pretty much a win to guarantee automatic. So playoffs felt like a bit of a come down. Yeah. But then how we've performed in the playoffs, that's the perfect way to go up for me now. I don't care about automatics. If you, if you promise if you promise us that, then I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gary, we went up in the playoffs first time in, well, well, I kind of first time legally in our history. And I actually agree now that we've we've hit that. It's the worst way to lose, but my word, it's the best way to win, isn't it? Aye, definitely. I mean, because it's it, all throughout it, it's, it's kind of like squeaky arse time. Like, you know, it is make or break. It is like, you know, playing your Champions, Champions League quarter, semi-final, all that kind of stuff. But... Definitely, I mean, like, you know, you're playing a couple extra games over everyone else and you're playing, obviously, 36, who are, you know, the best teams besides the ones that got automatically promoted. Um, It is kind of a lottery. It's always normally a form team who tends to go up from it as well. I don't I don't think you can pick it out and out winner in the playoffs. I think anyone could beat anyone. I think yeah. maybe the exception probably this year was Nottingham Forest. I think everyone said Forest. We're gonna go up. I mean, and let's be honest, Steve Cooper there did a great job. But um, yeah, I think with the playoffs, it, it it's a lottery for anyone, but such a good lottery at the same time. But it generates a lot of revenue as well for clubs as well who could go to Wembley. You know, the semi final, which is an extra a game. I, I I kind of think it just brings like a new atmosphere as well. Like look at us in the first leg against Sheffield Wednesday. That the stadium was absolutely bouncing. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to go on to the playoff semis, Johnny, if if you may. With the Swindon, obviously, you know, there was a little bit of needle in in both the games. I thought, you know, there was that that guy who scored both the goals for Swindon. Um, his name does escape us, so I'm sure you'll um you'll fill us in on him. Uh, but and then he ends up missing one of the penalties. Where, to be honest, I mean, Vale were we were always behind in that game, even in the in the penalties, weren't they? Because they missed the first two, didn't they? We scored the first one, but missed the next two. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, who are you talking about? Harry McCurdy. That's him. Yeah. Um, he's loved everywhere he goes, he is. Um, he's just he's just a cockwomble, is the best way to describe him. Because he's just... I remember watching him play for Carlisle in an FA Cup away at Boreham Wood. And he scored against Boreham Wood and goes and shushes his own fans. So that just said said everything you need to know. So when we actually signed him, COVID season, mm-hmm. um, and it it was one of them signings where do you know what it 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 scored ten goals and set up ten in a in a bad Carlisle side. So the player isn't a bad signing, but for Carlisle to release him and say it's not financial reasons, then then you know you've got a bit of a bad egg on your hands. So. Yeah. I think he played probably about 70 minutes in total for us. There was a lot of rumours that come around about him being an arse, doing stuff at trick training and whatnot. So that's why he, he always wanted it a bit more. And a couple of his interviews, I don't know if you saw his interview after, for example, where he spoke about can you classes as an ex-club and saying that we were horrible and he's that he was at a football inside and all this. And I just, I don't think they realised that you don't do them sort of interviews in at half time in, in any two legged affair, do you? No, no, no. Fair enough. Afterwards, if if you know Swindon had won, you, you can probably say that and have a little bit of a a little bit of a kick at the fans. But yeah, I mean, it it, it just comes back to bite you in the arse as it did for him in, in that penalty when he when he put it over the bar. But we'll go into the we'll go into the final. I mean, 
I, I personally thought, and I don't mean to be honest, I thought Mansfield probably went in as favourites. You know, they, I thought they looked very impressive in their, in their playoff playoff semi-final over Northampton when, I mean, I've got to feel sorry for Northampton how close they were to going up automatically, you know, losing in the last day of the season. To, even though they've won as well, you know, you win the game 3-1 and and then Bristol Rovers just did what Bristol Rovers did. We've gone over that with Lucy, but I thought Mansfield were very impressive, but going into the game, I mean, Vale just blew them away first 25 minutes, wasn't it? I mean, it was two, they were 2-0 up and then Mansfield got players sent off. I mean, you, you're on easy street after 25 minutes, aren't you? Well, it's funny because, like, obviously, Gary, you, you said earlier that the playoffs usually goes on form, but we were the least form team in there. Um, apart from Exeter on the last game, we'd lost three on the back. We, we'd lost three of the last four games of the season. Then we went and lost the first leg to Swindon. So we weren't really in that good of a form, but we, we bounced back at, at home at Swindon fantastically. And then the, the start on the playoff final, like, I'm. I'm still not sure if it actually happened because <laughs> you don't start like that in a playoff game. Like there's, they're, they're usually cagey affairs for the first half hour, forty minutes, aren't they? And we just come out the blocks, and it, it's, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, like it is. I mean, obviously, I've been. We can kind of compare our days, really, because I mean, obviously, I went down on the Saturday, and and you know, we were quite confident going into the game. I'm not sure if you you guys were obviously with the form there, but I think just the whole day when you've won. I mean, I've experienced just win and lose now. I mean, you know, more losses than wins, but that day when you win, just that. I think it's just the euphoric feeling that that you get from it, isn't it? It's just it's a very special place to win a football match. I think Wembley, isn't it? It's still got that magic, even though you know the Twin Towers is down, you know, everything like that, you know, the two towers that, that Wembley had, the brand new Wembley Stadium, it's still a very magical place to win a football match, isn't it? It is. It, it's just, I think because the, the the sheer size of it when you're in there, mm-hmm. it's like, obviously, it's slightly different for for you lads because you've been, you've been in the top league, so you've been to some decent grounds quite recently, but for clubs like us that yeah, we the the nicest ground we've been probably in the last ten years is, is probably Oxford, and that's that's only that says it all recently, <laughs> because we we've been utter dross for a long time. I mean, I I'm going into this season as well. Obviously, you said well, t- if you forgot the playoffs, it'd be great and all that, and it had started off so much better than that. Though, hadn't be able to got off to a really really good start, and then um, you know. Following me a little bit, but we'll we'll go into Dowell Clark a little bit later on. But I mean, describe the season really. I mean, was it just a roller coaster of of, of emotions really? You can see that there's there's so there's there's so much shit that happened during the season, mm. and that's that that's the biggest way I can describe it because we started off the first few games looking a bit ropey. We didn't concede or score many at all, but it was there, there sort of thing. And then we hit a bit of form, and then players started. A couple of players got injured, and then we went and beat Bristol Rovers at Bristol Rovers, and then didn't play another game for five weeks. Mm. Um, and then once we did play, it felt a bit like the start of the season again, where it was a bit hit and miss and a bit, ugh, bit, bit messy, and then. Both the strikers got injured at the, at the same same time, and yeah, there was just a lot of stuff. Then the captain got got an Achilles injury that's put him out for six months, and then the, the stuff with Clarky happened, and 
it just it felt like everything that could go against you during the season actually went against us and that's what makes it a little bit more sweeter as well and yeah yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Daryl Clark, obviously. Um, whoever's watched the playoff final is, you know, seen him. He's, he's dedicated the win to his daughter, who, you know, very, very sadly has passed away during the year. I mean, was, what was around about January time, wasn't it, Johnny? He, got, he just took um, bereavement leave, didn't he? And, and it hasn't come out until quite recently what happened. But so was that just left to his assistant to, to, to run to run the, the, the first team affairs while, while Clark, you know, yeah, bereaved for his daughter? Yeah, and Andy Crosby stepped up into the first team manager, and then we brought in Adam Murray, who um, was assistant manager at Barnsley and West Ham. Um, for not West Ham, sorry, West Brom. Um, under the, I can't remember the manager's name. The one that did really well at Barnsley in the Championship and moved to West Brom this season, and then got sacked. Oh yeah, is it? It begins with an S. Is it Slamani, Gary? Yeah, Slamani. Um, I'm not sure, you know. Can't remember the name rings a bell, but I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Murray's ended up going with him to Besiktas now, anyway. So, all right. Oh, so he's gone again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he he came in and he was in for about four or five of the six weeks sort of thing, um, to, to just help out sort of thing, an extra body in and provide a bit of. The, the the bit of something that Crosby didn't have. Crosby's never been a manager. He's always been an assistant manager. He was Nigel Atkins' assistant for however long sort of thing. So he's been up and down the league. So it's not like he doesn't know football. But we all know there's a difference between an assistant and a manager. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, just for Veal, I think, to be there or thereabouts... When when Clark had come back, I mean, what I loved about I think it was the last home game, Johnny, when um, when Clark had come come back, he watched in the stands, and then he he made uh, Crosby go and you know get a, get his applause. I mean, I thought that was absolutely tremendous. I mean, but for you know for for an assistant to step up and really do the job there and leave his there or thereabouts, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I really do. He does, and I think that's the big thing with Daryl Clark made sure that happens. Um, Crosby led the team out at Wembley, not Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, there's been two or three games where Clark, he's gone, that's the man to be singing about, that's the man to, to clap, say thank you to and stuff like that. And the, the whole management team, to be fair, as as a whole, is like a, is like a little family. So it's no real surprise that the atmosphere around the club is very good at the minute. Yeah, and, and that's, that's going to... You know, obviously, I think Clark signed a new contract, hasn't he, quite recently? New five-year deal. So, obviously, he's you know, the man that's going to be trusted to to, to to go through the League One season. I mean, I, have you thought about League One? Have you thought about what's going to happen next season? Um, we've actually been talking about it in our, in our WhatsApp group that today because we're planning the next couple of podcasts. Mm. Um, so, this is probably the first time it's really hit home because... Leading up to the playoffs and stuff like that, we've we've all been looking at oh that play, this player has been released, that player has been released. But you kind of reserving judgment on are they a good player because they might be a good player for League Two, but are they good enough for League One? That sort of question. And when they're at League One, are they going to want a lot more dosh? And there's a lot of things. So we've started talking about it now, and it's. Yeah, it, it's still quite quite surreal because we haven't actually seen our retained list yet. Yeah, so we don't really know what's what's going on, who's going, who's staying, is anyone transfer listed? So it's a bit of a lottery. 
Uh, and is is there anyone like you know for listeners who don't particularly know Portville that well? I mean, I'm I've got Portville as me football manager save, so I know you know relatively the squad, but I know, you know there's is who's the standouts? Do you think who can actually make the um, make the step up next season? James Wilson, James Wilson, hundred percent can make the step up. He is James Wilson's a, a class above. Um, what for whatever reason his Man United career took a nosedive once he'd left. Mm-hmm. Um, Injuries didn't didn't help him throughout and stuff like that. But he's come to, he's come to our club and he's been a revelation. He's hundred percent effort. His touch is is a cut above anything I've seen in League Two. And that's not that's not me being biased. It, it he's got the best first touch I've seen in League Two. Yeah, nice. Uh, he can all he can hundred percent make the cut up. Tom Conlon, captain, he can make the cut. Um, quite quite simply. Him being left-footed makes everything look a bit nicer, but um, he's got a wonderful a free kick on him, so I reckon we'll see him in a round. And then probably James Gibbons, he's out of contract, which is a worry because he's come through the academy, he's a, he's a local lad um, and he's a very good player, but weird rumours in January that people are looking at him, so... That's a bit of a worry. And then Nathan Smith, same exactly the same story, really. He's out of contract as well. And we heard clubs have been looking at him and whatnot. But yeah, they're the four real really that we'd be looking to build a team around. And then there's a couple of others that hundred percent can make the step up, but not as important as them four at the minute. Yeah, and is there anyone you've got like your eye on really, as in terms of signings? I mean, you've seen a lot of retained lists that have come out in League One. I mean, there's some there is some standout players. I mean, I don't know what what the money situation's like at, at Vale. You know, if if you can afford these players, but there's there is some, some good players that are available on a free transfer who might just think, you know what, you know, I'll have a season there. You know, it's it, it's well worth having a look at. Yeah, I, to be fair, there's been there's been no one yet because. I don't like I say I haven't seen the retain list, so it'd be kind of a bit of a pipe dream. There's been a lot of people on social media talking about Dom Talford from Newport on the back of a decent season, but in League One he's never really scored any goals, so that's a bit of a gamble. Because um, coming off the season he's had, he's going to want money and a lot of it. So I'm not sure on that one, but yeah, there's there's a few players here and there, but nothing. Nothing screams out currently, but I'm quite happy with that because Connor Hall that we signed in January, I don't, I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I'd never heard of him before we signed him. And my God, what a player he is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's fantastic. And and I want to go back on to James Wilson, actually. I'll bring Gary on this. Because you see some of these players, you know, like, like Wilson, who... You know, he really hit the ground running at Man United and for some reason, I think it was a few injuries and everything like that, a few bad loans, but it just takes, you know, that one club, doesn't it, to, to find your feet again, you know, I and mean, we've seen that at Southern, you're looking at Alex Pritchard, Paddy Roberts, you know, who've hit the ground running here, it just takes that one club and I think with, with Wilson, it is the right player, right time, right club and right manager. I would agree with that as well, I mean, I was just thinking in my head when you were talking there and... Patrick Roberts for us, exactly the same kind of mould really, I mean, you know, he's had a couple of clubs, Um, he's only, what, he's 26 years old, 25 year old, something like that, he's still got like a massive future, like ahead of him to still build quite a good career for himself, Um, has he been a Port Vale just the one season now, am I right in saying that, or is it two? Yeah, 
this is his first season we signed a two year deal so yeah, yeah. Um, so signed we... from everybody's favourite club Salford City <laughs> <laughs> so you know this season is again you know it's going to be the second season of his contract it's going to be a season where he's making the step up to League One because um, I think you know he's been in League Two the last couple of years because Salford's League Two aren't there um, yeah, yeah. so I mean he had a spell in Scotland I think um, at, at Hibs or Aberdeen or something but I don't really think he made many appearances but he, he has kind of really followed a, like a similar career path as Patrick Roberts and making a step up to League One and he's going to play every week it, it gives him the opportunity to really showcase his abilities again yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at his, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia profile now. I mean, other other sites are available. He's England, England under twenty one international, so you, you don't get many of them in League Two, Johnny. Do you? You know, like someone who who has, you know, had the limelight. It's it's kind of lost it, but has tried to rebuild his career. And and as you said there, you know, he's he's touching them like that. It, it's a cheat code really for for League Two, and he, I think you've been looking to have him. But he's one, as you said there, who can make that step up in the League One, pretty confidence in him, get the right players around him, and, and you never know, do you? Yeah, that's exactly that. I think, like you just said, Wilson's one of them players that you've got no doubt can can step up. It's just that A he needs to stay fit because there's always going to be that nagging at your back because he has had a few bad injuries. Um, the injury he had with us was a broken foot, so that's completely different than the muscular injuries he suffered at Aberdeen and Derby, I think they were. And so we've kept him relatively fit all season. He runs he runs like no man's business. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not a superstar, so he's not someone that just goes stand around and have the ball. He's he's continuously running, he's, he presses lovely and he's brought into the mantra and I think part of it helps her he's a local lad. Um, he wasn't born too far from Vale, so that always helps. But yeah, it, it, I just I love James Wilson, and I think the kind of I was, I was looking, I was actually looking at the uh, the league tables as well. I think what what's kind of boosted your your promotion, not only be really happy, is you've flip flopped with Crew. I mean, so uh, there's no derby, but I bet you're not complaining about that. Oh, it's not a derby anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's one of them games. It's a, it's a close game, but it's like the crew fans, similar to the Warsaw fans over the last few years, are, are trying to make the game bigger than it is for us. Yeah. Like it, the best way I could probably describe it is a bit like Middlesbrough to you lot. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's a local game, but you you if you want to be playing the derby, you want to be playing Newcastle, don't you? Mm-hmm. And and that's for us. It's it's Stoke or nothing. Yeah, it's, one of them. it's it's a few. If I think there's a few of them now that that have kind of got brought up where you know it's just absolutely nothing. I mean, there's Sunderland and Wigan at the minute. We're gonna try to you know trying to say it's gonna be a derby game next to nowhere bloody near us. So uh, yeah, I agree. I agree what you said. But to be fair, I think that was the one you you did get absolutely bang on in your uh, pre-season predictions. It might have been the only correct one, mate. But you did say Crew would struggle and go right down, and and they have. Um, but we'll um. Well, go on to that. Is is there any team you're looking forward to playing in particular in League One, or are you just are you there for the for the journey? You know what I mean. Um, there's there's three teams, um, and it's purely because I've never been to the grounds. So Portsmouth, Ipswich, and Derby. Mm-hmm. So I've never never been to their grounds. So it's one one to tick off. Um, the rest of them, it's just come what may, isn't it? 
Yeah, you've seen like kind of in the last few years, man. I'll I'll give Lincoln as an example who've who've held their own. You know, Fleetwood, who I know they had a relegate, they had a, a bit of a battle relegation this season. But there there are teams who can come up and stay up. You know, it's not as if you know those teams go straight back down. And if you look at like. There's some clobbers in League One, you know. I know Gillingham have only just gone down this year, but they've stuck around and, and they've been garbage for a few years. But you know, like the likes of Charlton who have who have really struggled, Bolton, Burton, you know, it's there to be it's there to be shot at, isn't it? Really, there's nothing to fear. No, and I think looking at it, you look at if Derby sort the sort themselves out pretty quickly, you're probably going to look at for us this season a bit of consolidation, but it's going to be probably too many leagues in there because mm. there's some big clubs in there like Chef Wednesday are going to be wanting to to not stay in there any longer Derby on put Peterborough go up and down pretty much every season I don't think they'll ever play Rotherham again sort of thing because that's how it feels them to swap places quite regularly so there's a couple of clubs like that knocking around and then like you said you've got the others that with in terms of in, in terms of size of club, we're probably mid table League One club, size club, mm-hmm. but we've got to get it right on the pitch. Yeah, that's it. And and again, going back to to Clark, really, this this five year deal, I, I think it's been announced this week, hasn't it? I mean, that's that's a big step forward, isn't it, for for the like of a League One club giving a guy a five year deal? So it's kind of like you know, it's saying, look, we're trusting you. If I don't think it'll be a case of if it's not happening early on, they'll sack him. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think Portville that kind of club. So it's it's nice to have a little bit of uh, stability, isn't it, really, to going into next season? Yeah, that was announced on the Friday night when we had the playoffs on the Saturday. So well, There we go. <laughs> that, 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 that was kind of, regards to what happens tomorrow, we've got 100% faith in you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's brilliant because when, when we hired him from Walsall, they were very, very bitter about it. He was saying he was rubbish, saying he was a tinker man, saying he was this, saying he was that. And they still really hate him, which is brilliant. Because mm-hmm. of, like, they're, they're the ones, like you just said about Wigan, they're, they're trying to make this massive rivalry with us. And it's like, mate, we took your manager, we've helped him, because instead of selling, selling his best players from under him like Walsall did and not giving him any money, we've, we've backed him. We let him release 16 players in the summer, for example, and sort out his own squad. He signed a further six players in January. So we've backed him and supported him, and look what happens when you do it. So, Yeah, I, I think it's great. And I, mean, I do want to give all the Portfield fans a, a big shout-out for the the GoFundMe group that they've started for his daughter. That's amazing, Johnny, I really do. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And that just that's another thing. Like, it just shows what when things are going well. Football fans are brilliant, and it's it, all football fans are. Mansfield fans deserve a massive amount of credit for the weekend because Clarkie had played for them. They, yeah. they fully backed him. They they said they'll, they'll do a, a pause on eight minutes for him, and like it's polar opposite to the fans that we've literally played because the Swindon fans were vile humans, and like there were so many of them that were just just vile people and making jokes about Clark and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's just not on. And it's probably only a few of them, you know, where it's like with social media nowadays, but you see the difference when you come up against a club that is just like willing to, willing to support and show solidarity. And when it happened, every club was doing it, coming out and saying, 
supporting Clarkey. But yeah, it's just it's brilliant from the Mansfield fans. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got I've got uh, cousins who live in Mansfield who are Mansfield fans, and uh, I know they went down to Wembley and all. They were disappointed and everything like that. But you, you come back, I think I think they've got the right manager in place in Cluffy. You know, I think I think they'll do really really well next year. But. Uh, it's nothing for you guys to worry about now. You're out of there. You know, you're looking, yeah. you're looking up, you're upwards and onwards and upwards, really. But, I mean, League Two this year was so competitive, wasn't it? I mean, I think it was the last the last day of the season. Anybody in the top seven could have gone up. So, are you expecting that next year? You know, is it teams that are going to come back? There's four teams that have gone down. You know, look at Gillingham, who, who always... You know, I think they always find a way. But there's, there's, some, there's some teams there who I think will give it a good shout next year. Yeah, I think you've got you can't look past Stockport, can you really? Like in League Two. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Like you know that they're gonna they've got a bit of money about them, they're gonna spend a little and they've got aspirations to be back where they feel they belong. So obviously they were a championship club not too long ago. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can look past Stockport. Probably said it's probably said every single year, but one of the years it's gotta be true, Bradford. Massive support. They've they've gone all out for Hughes this time, and yeah, you've got to be looking at them pair, and then the rest. I think there's it's a bit of a lottery. Swindon seems to be being torn apart from head to toe. Their director of football's just left. Ben Garner looks like he's off Charlton, so that doesn't look like it's going to go too well. And then Mansfield, as you say, you'd expect them being in around it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one team that I'm going to be in is uh, Wrexham with the Hollywood owners. Um, but that's what you get when you hire Phil Parkinson's manager, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that, Johnny. Um, you know, I just want to say a massive, massive congratulations to, to get promotion. You know, I'll, it's, I think it's a feel-good story that football needed, especially with, with Warren O'Clarkey, you know, with his daughter. I think it's just amazing for him to come back. And I know that Lucy... Um, I need to say Lucy Reese. That's not Lucy Reese. Um, Lucy Ford, who was a Bristol Rovers fan, has always come on and spoke really, really high of him. So he's one of football's good guys. And I think Paul Field are a side that, you know, teams just look at and they're just like, yeah, you know, it's a feel-good story. So I think it's a really, really good and good-looking League One. Um, but what we will do is finish off with... Um, Ballham and Ball Eight was Johnny was on the show last year just before the season started and we hadn't brought this in so um, you'll be looking forward to that one um, but I will start with Gary because you haven't spoken much today bless him so Gary you can start us off with Baller I think um, I'm going to go for a bit of a trebler and you know I'm going to go for uh, Daryl Clark Steve Cooper and you know Don Carlo like because all of done remarkable achievements over the weekend haven't they really especially you know Carlo who's won his fourth Champions League um most decorated Champions League manager but you know I, I think all three of them deserve the plaudits if I'm being honest with you yeah fair. if you were to pick one out of the three then Steve Cooper's done a f- brilliant job at Forest and he absolutely class can't hold that against him like but uh I think for the achievement it's got to be Don Carlo Right, yeah, so, yeah, fair play. No worries at all. Johnny, we'll go to you. Um, I'm going mainly because of how well he played in the in the playoff final, Jake Taylor. Um, he, he's going to be very underappreciated by anyone that didn't really watch it, but he's been missing for us for months and he was really good in the playoff final. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, out, he was outstanding, actually. Um... I am going to go for. I want to say I do want to say Cooper, but I thought Forrest were quite fortunate the other day. I thought it was 
Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought the best. I thought the better team lost, to be honest, on that day, which sometimes happens. Um, so I'm going to switch sports, and I'm going to go for even though the French Open hasn't finished yet, I'm going to go for a joint one between Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic for the age of these two guys are, and they're still the best two tennis players ever to walk this green earth. And that that game last night, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Four hours, hours of just perfect it? tennis. Fair play to Rafa, but I thought Novak was brilliant as well. So we'll go. That um, Gary Borlake, um, so Borlake is also going to be coming from Roland Garros. I don't know if you saw this, it was over social media a little bit when, when it happened. But you know, the, the female player, Arena Carmelia Begu, if I said that right, how she smacked her racket off the floor in frustration and it hit a little kid in the crowd. Oh, dear, did you get disqualified for that? She didn't get disqualified, but people were saying she probably should have. I mean, she went out anyway, but. Yeah, kind of bad light. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but you know, um, frustration. I mean, you see Kyrgios do stuff like that. Not, I mean, he's hit a fan in the crowd with all the ball, but not with a racket like. But it's one of those <laughs> things, and it unfortunate for her, and she went out as well. But hope the lads yeah. are alright. Bless them. Hope the kids are okay though. Really, I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I don't like that in tennis when they're throwing rackets about and whacking balls and it just it's just it's very. I think it's just. I know it's frustration, but it's mindless to be honest. Um, so I think it's cost the fans okay. Johnny, we'll go to you. Uh, it's it's got to be Ollie Hawkins. <laughs> to get sent off as as he did in a in a playoff final is just it, yeah, it's just daft. It was silly, wasn't it? It really was. It was. You've just got to keep. You, I think even a two 0 down, um, Johnny I, I, Mansfield would have fancied themselves to come back, but two 0 down, ten men. That game's over at half time, and it is senseless. I think it was really, really silly. So yeah, that's a really good one. Um, mine is um, Dustin Johnson. I don't know if you've heard what's been announced today that the he's doing a U-turn. Um, he started of his, you know, a multi-multi-millionaire start of his family and joined the Saudi Golf League. Um, I just think it all just stinks, to be honest. And I know we'll get stick for this being Sunderland fans and, you know, not backing anything Saudi when, you know, because people say we're better because of those up the road have got Saudi investment. I just think when, you, when you've when you stuck to your guns all the way through, which he has, and he said, I'm loyal to the PGA, I'm loyal to this, I'm loyal to that, and then he's kind of used excuse he needs to feed his family. I, I'm sorry, mate, you're a multi-multi-millionaire and you're going to be a multi-multi-millionaire no matter which league you choose. Have a bit of dignity, you know. That's that's just that's just me, um, Gary. I know you have have an opinion on it as well. But I just think it's, I think it just stinks to be honest. All of them that are doing it, it just it's just greed, I think, and it's not for me. It really isn't. I agree with that. I mean, uh, in regards to that, like you, you can tell that whoever is backing the Saudi regime for the golf thing is like. When uh, just like DJ is one of the most decorated players in the last ten years, you know what I mean. Like, um, they've went to him and went to give him a bit more money because obviously they want a massive name for this Saudi bat league. Because I think what they've got Westwood and Porter at the moment, and obviously other yeah. players. But like the one DJ is a massive name. I mean, let's say for example, if that was Scotty Scheffler who has had a great year, like it would be the the same kind of backlash. It, They've, they've wanted a massive name to cause controversy, but ultimately it is going to probably come down to potential sport washing in the future. Do you know what I mean? So I, I mean, I can, I can understand if not condone, it'd be, you know, like the journeyman golfers. I don't want to, I, I, listen, I don't want to 
pick names out, you know, how, how class of training with golfers are. I would understand that, you know, not contour it, but understand it because, you know, it's a chance to win and make themselves quite a lot of money or, you know, a new kid on the block or whatever, but the like, and you've got like people in there who are multi, multi-millionaires and they don't need it. And I, just, I really do. I think it stinks. And to be honest, I think it's a topic for another day, to be honest. Um, but I just, yeah, I just want to thank, I want to thank Johnny again and congratulate you, mate, for for, for getting yourselves up. Enjoy League One, enjoy pre-season, just enjoy yourself, buddy. Yeah, mate. Thank you very much. No worries at all. And you're welcome on the pod whenever you want, mate. I think we've got nine followers today off Port Vale fans just because you're on. So you've <laughs> obviously uh, you carry a lot of sway in the uh, in the Port Vale region in the Ale the Vale podcast. So best of luck with that next year. You'll have some cracking, cracking days in League One, cracking days out. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Cheers, lads. Thank you very much for having me. No bother at all, mate. And Gary, as always, mate, you take care. Thank you so much. You too, mate. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, everyone who, who is listening, thanks so much. We will be back hopefully next week. You know, like I said, I think I might have made up a topic for next week already with the uh, with the golf, but I think we're going to talk about the Champions League because uh, me and Gary had an argument today. So we'll, uh, we'll maybe, we might get um, a referee in the middle and have um, a red corner and a blue corner, Gary. It wasn't we'll an never... argument. It was a debate, mate. It, wasn't it was a argument. debate, yeah. It was a debate. Uh, was a debate. But, you know, it was something that I think is going to make a very good podcast. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone. Cheers. We'll be back soon all the best stay safe on all that yeah bye bye lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.